end this episode. With the players that are just allowed to quit and change situations over and over and over, what precedence do you think you're teaching them? Do you think that's not going to translate over into their college choices? Maybe they'll end up at three or four different universities. Maybe when they get into the real world, they're going to quit their first five, six, seven jobs and keep job hunting because that's the trend that you're setting. That's the expectation. And the problem, obviously, there's a problem with that, okay? But I think with the world we live in today, where everybody is so in need of solutions now, that you can get any piece of information now with this phone, with internet, I mean, just you can figure stuff out faster today than ever. So the attention span's really small. So if you're not getting your way or your fix right now, you can just opt into something else. But unfortunately, that sets the precedent of the next best thing. The next best thing. All the next situations can be better. It's going to fix all my problems. All the next situation is better. It's going to fix all my problems. And then, then you're stuck in that vicious cycle. The best part about today is that you have options. The worst part about today that you is options. you have options. Yeah. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and this is a show about people, culture, and how to create a winning lifestyle. Not saying that we have all the answers, but more importantly, just having an interested mind um, curious mind on what actually wins and what actually doesn't and um, not being holden to our biases and also thinking that what worked in the past is going to work in the future. So always curious, always trying to find the new lifestyle and trying to push the needle forward. And Dave is smiling at me right now. Because I can tell the uh, the body better went back up. He's drinking a new hey, coffee, man. You just brought the I was, fire to start. I was feeling it at like one <laughs> thirty, and I was thinking to myself, Dave is gonna hate me if I am like just low battery and not not functioning well, right having now. Having basically spent an entire summer with you for now a second summer in the hotels, I can tell really quick when all Spiker has a body battery. If you guys don't, you you don't you probably can't tell over this, but all of a sudden Spiker will be like energetic, energetic, and then. Mm, down you know what dave <laughs> i go all in L- little caldy's coffee i have right back up I, buddy <laughs> i go i go all in and it's just part of my nature and That's then okay. and then i just get drained right after that so like, it's oh no just call me a tesla got nothing left <laughs> plug me in <laughs> um guys before we start this episode there's actually a really good question on one of our videos on youtube and i wanted to pull it up and talk about it because i thought it was pretty relevant, especially with a lot of the recruiting conversations we've had in the past. And we actually are still having these and it's an ever changing, ever flowing situation. It's really weird. Like never seen it change any faster. Yeah. So what we've said in the past, some of those principles still apply, but then there are just little nuances that are always changing. So Mm -hmm. don't hold us to one idea or one thought always use this as like a baseline or kind of like a little bit of a blueprint, but being able to change that blueprint as you see fit when you start hearing new information. So um, at this time when I am talking, it is August 11th, 11th, 2022, 2022. And the comment was, I have a question or a topic idea. My name is Joseph Salazar. So thank you, Joseph. Thanks, Joseph. Although you guys provide some much useful info, a lot of it is geared towards those in high school trying to find a way onto a college 
or guys already there. I am a college guy who's trying to walk on to my D3 university. Do you guys have any tips or knowledge on what it would take to have a successful walk on? What coaches are looking for dirt looking for during a walk on tryout? How can I separate myself from other kids looking to walk on? Thanks guys. Hope to hear from you all. That's cool. So I assume that he is going onto campus. Yes. This upcoming, probably in the next couple of weeks. Yes. And there's probably a, a number of other people that are doing that, whether that's D1, D2, sure. D3, Juco, whatever. They're trying to win a spot. Well, actually, and one thing that we don't talk about a whole lot, but I don't know if the D1s do this too much. You can probably speak to that more on your end. But Division 2s, Division 3s, Juco's, I'm assuming NAIs do. Uh, they host tryouts, um, mm-hmm. which most people don't know that. We have a, they have like prospect days, right, or something like that? Yeah, at Missouri State, we had um, two tryout dates, um, and then it was like a callback. I think came, it's a uni- came like, back. I think it's an NCAA rule. They uh, yeah. Because ha- they have to give everybody a fair and equal opportunity. Is that yes, correct? Yes, fair and equal opportunity. And, you know, I, I, the coaches take it pretty seriously. That Like Missouri State coaches, they took it pretty decently seriously like again are you going to find that player that is going to be a game changer and be into your roster unlikely unlikely percentages are against that but could you find a role player i would argue yes you could definitely find a role player someone that's able to plug into a spot Yes. Well, and, and no matter what, if you're, I mean, if you're talented, they don't care where you come from. I mean, we'll 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 say that a million times over and over, but um, a lot of, especially the Division twos, especially the Division threes, they do. Obviously, they take that seriously. I mean, it's your time's as valuable as, as theirs, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're going to spend a whole afternoon out there looking at players, they're going to hope to get something out of it. They're not going out there going, Ugh, stupid NCAA rules. I have to do this again. They are hoping to find some dudes. So my advice, you know, to Joseph would be simply put, I mean, attack it as if you would attack any other high school trout. It's not going to be that all that much different, I don't think. Well, the first thing that you want to try to do is try to get, become a preferred walk-on. And That's I the would, first thing that you want to try to do. And I would establish some communication prior to Which that. Which would establish you that preferred yeah. walk-on, yeah. Yep. Yep. So making sure that they know who you are, know your background story, know, you know, why you're interested in coming out, know, know that you're already obviously at the school and just know a little bit more info on you. It'll give you a little bit of a, um, I, I guess, a little notch up in their belt. Yep. Um, and then on tryout day, like, you got one shot. So, like, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be one of those things where you have to impress them in your strongest attribute. Mm-hmm. And if you were like me, my strongest attribute was more of the intangibles than the tangibles. And you, it, I was more of like a fine wine. You had to really see me yep. quite a bit. Um, but if you're a guy that can hit and mash, like that's your thing. You got six swings to show it off. Six swings, you got to impress me with at least one, just at least one to keep me interested. Um, if you're a guy that has a really good arm, you got to chuck it. I need to see at least one, mm-hmm. one 85 to 90 mile an hour fastball, something along those lines to keep me interested if you're d3 if you're like 81 82 yeah, that sure. keep that keeps me intrigued um fielding wise you got to show it off so whatever that attribute is you've got to i would go all in on that and then try to make the team and if i make the team then start worrying about the things that i need to um 
assess and to get on the field and to get on yeah. the field. He had to play at play. One thing that I will say that is different between high school coaches and college coaches. Okay. College coaches in that moment are going to be insanely anal in how much time they take during that day. And if you're late, if you're not, not hustling in between, um, you know, stations and things like that, they will absolutely check you off. I mean, they are, that is their job. That is their full-time deal. And that is how they provide for their families. So if you, you need to make sure you control the controls in terms of being there early, looking the part, making sure you're, you're not late to a station, not late to stretching, not late to anything. You have to be um, aware of the time situation out there. I would also say this, that it's different than a high school coach. High school coach is going to look at you and like, oh, I can develop him. And like the really good ones. Like, oh, we'll put him on freshman, we'll develop him, get him on JV, and hopefully he's mm-hmm. a starter for me his junior or senior year. College coaches have a similar approach, but they have they have a win-now approach. I have to win now. So your the priorities is a little bit higher stakes when it comes to like, well, why don't I, I hear this um, with a couple of um, couple of conversations I've had with parents in the past. Well, why wouldn't just a college coach take a flyer on him? He's got all the intangibles. Like he'll just develop them. They and don't then, know if they're going to be there two years. Yeah. Now. And then it's the same thing with pro ball. Well, well, he'll get into pro ball and they'll develop them. It's like, no, like they have to see that tool and then that's going to give them the wins mm-hmm. and then they'll develop that tool and they'll give them more wins. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a win now mentality than a high school program has a little bit more of an approach of I, I can see something there. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. This is, this is what we did last tryout. Mm-hmm. Me and Pratt asked a whole bunch of questions, and we wanted to really understand what type of mental makeup this person mm-hmm. was. Sure, because it's going to give us an idea. Are you going to be at training when it comes to November and being able to do those extra classes? That's what we're thinking. And if we get the right answers, we're we're going to technically bump you up a spot. You know, one, one other thing, too, because we had a couple of these guys at Missouri S&T at Division II school where I played, where they went up to the coach, and this was, you know, early on. Maybe maybe they got like a – they went through the trial process, and they really stated their intent on if they were to get a spot in their program, what they would do with it. Oh, yeah. And they met with the coach. You know, you can request time. I mean – um, you can go to their, you know, their office and, you know, try to schedule a meeting with them and just be like, Hey, I am really intent on playing baseball here. I'm a hard worker. I'm going to do anything you want. I'll be there early. I'll stay after late. I will really, really work hard to develop my, my skills. I will not be a problem for you. I will not get in trouble. I will not, um, disrespect the university or the program. And I will go above and beyond to earn my time on the field. And if you kind of start stating those things, and I'm not, no, don't say this if that doesn't mean anything to you, but if you state those things to the coach, a lot of the times the coach is going to look at you like, okay, dude really wants it. I'll give him a flyer. I'll give him a couple of weeks. We'll see if he's, we'll see if he proves me right. And if he's full of it and he was just saying that because he heard it somewhere, okay, well, we'll get rid of him then. But if not, and he proves me right. I look like a genius. It goes back, and I'm helping a kid. It goes back to the conviction we talked about last episode with Derek Jeter, like having that conviction and just not being like arrogant about it. But like, what do what do I need to do to be on this team? I will clean the stalls. I will clean the dugout. I will clean the clubhouse. I'll even do the laundry. Isn't that the story of Rudy? 
Just yeah, just just <laughs> I will. I heard that was not all that true. But. I will. I will <laughs> do anything you ask me to do. Yeah. And I all I want is to be able to step onto that field and being able to compete and try to make the starting squad. More times than not, whether that's in a tryout situation like this or a business, if someone approaches you like that, you're normally caught off guard because it's a rarity that that happens. I try to look for it just in our yeah. business. Yeah. Just in our what we're doing here. Yeah. You like you know how, you know what I like that's very Drew rare. Drew is awesome. Like everyone knows that we've had intern Drew on here. He's been on one episode. And he works side by side, but like that was his mentality. It wasn't to that point because like here he, he was comfortable with me, but he's like, Spike, I just want to learn. I just want to be here. What do I need to do? What do you need me to do? What can I take off of your plate? Mm-hmm. And at the time, we had two other interns that were with him. And I was like, I really like that guy. I'm going to stick with that guy. Yep. And I kept on feeding him projects and he kept on executing. The other interns were. Like they're great, but they didn't want more. Sure, they didn't want to take on That's more. That's a rare skill these days. It is, and I think taking that process and doing it in as a player, that like I could only imagine what a coach would do. Like you just be like, you want to do what? You hear those stories though. You hear that there. This this kid showed up in my office, and he just would not refuse for me to not let him on the team. And I was like. Yes. Let's Col- go. College coaches aren't robots. Mm-hmm. They're human beings that have emotions. Yeah. And they they will see something in you that oh, there's a fighting spirit in there. Mm-hmm. He wants to compete. One hundred percent. I like competing. You like competing. Let's let's do this. And again, you're you're trying to be a separator. And during these tryouts or the beforehand process or even after, you're trying to do things that are gonna separate you from the rest of your competition. Because that's what it is. It's competition. So, you know, you can be like everybody else who shows up on time, goes to the tryout, tries to show their skills, says thank you, coach, after, and then hopes to hear back. Or you can be different. I would choose kind of on the be different side and try to really express why that's important to you, what you're going to do for that program, how you're going to help that coach, all of these different things. I mean, go above and beyond because at the end of the day, at least you gave it your absolute best. Joseph, that was a great question. Appreciate it. Um, also, we've been getting a lot of traction on TikTok with some of our podcast shorts. So if you want to follow us on TikTok, you can do that. Um, I do grab some comments off of that. So there was one with Dave and I sent him a text and he's like, oh, of course I, I blew up because it's me. I'm no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you want to go on, on our TikTok page, you can see Dave's face talking about uh, one of our episodes. Um, but anyways, on to the topic at hand. I just want to start this off with a question, okay? Because it's something that we see all the time in youth sports, youth, high school, not so much beyond because parents are not as involved in college and and above. But when you see, and and this this is, I was telling Spiker before this, I wish we would have had a parent on the show for this question. But I'll give you an example. That everyone's going to just roast you right now. That's fine. Totally good. Totally good. (laughs) Players fail, and they fail often. And a lot of times when some decent or significant amounts of failure, whether that's the team losing, like they have a losing season, okay, or the player has a bad season at the plate, low batting average, the immediate instinct of the parent 
is to rip that player out of that current situation because it, ha- it couldn't be the player's fault or it couldn't be the lack of preparation or anything else, and then s- segment them into a new situation. So, i.e., team that they're currently on, okay, season's about to wrap up, they're 16-32, and 32. They, you know, they won some, but they obviously lost more, twice as many, and, you know, I see Johnny coming home every day and just, you know, wants to have he wants to win more so the instinct is to find him a new team rather than well johnny if you want to win more how about we look at you how can you help the team win more like there's two totally different ways to think about that so my question is why are parents so scared at times to let their sons or daughters fail well i think part of it is they want to protect the um the kids side of it where um, it's a game and protecting the game side of it and making sure that it's fun for them. And because again, it's not a job. I get the fun side yeah. for sure, by the way. And I right, right as I was saying that, hold on one second. Right as I was saying that in terms of like, you know, he's not, he's coming home and not having fun. Well, that's a different story. And I kind of phrased that wrong. If that's the case, but, but it's, it's definitely part of yeah. part of the topic. Yep. Right. Yep. But um, it comes down to in any game that you play, there's always going to be an element of not having fun, <laughs> whether that's like at recess playing soccer or kickball. Like I could, I could, or even yeah. Foursquare. Like you get competitive and you lose and you get all mad and everything. And right. like this game is not fun. Um, I I always think of the kid that always got beat at the games that he wasn't good at. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to take my ball and go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you then you he would be back at it if it was a game that he was really good at. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to manage that. You don't want to kill the spirit, but understand that it, it, the spirit's never destroyed by the externals, in my opinion. You might disagree with me. I think it's always um, internally where life's trying to teach you a lesson and you just say, you know what, I'm going to pick up my ball and go home. I never think that's the right answer. Um, but I do think there is a point, like a stopping point when you can when you can quit and go to a mm-hmm. different new a new environment sure. but you have to complete that full year um i there are players that i know in softball baseball soccer I, there's a bunch of sports where players have quit in the middle of the year mm-hmm. and they just took their ball and gone home rather than complete the complete the whole year i guess where i'm i'm going with this comment is i i don't think the quitting and switching teams should be the first instinct no, I don't, I don't think it. I think you're right, and, and that unfortunately is probably becoming a little bit more of the norm than it has maybe in the past. I think because there's so many options, okay, than ever before, and you know this is a tribal sport that we hear of grasses over here greener and things of that nature. That the instinct, right when failure is there, will grab them out or grab them, get them out of here. Get them into a new situation because that's going to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Rather than maybe sitting back and addressing some of those other issues. Maybe being like, like in my situation, well, Johnny, you know, how did you do in the field to help your team win more games? And this is hard for parents. This I will gladly say that I don't know it from your side. Well, it's a hard I con- don't. It, it's a hard conversation for a player to say that. Like like, you know how many biases well, you have? Like, players I'm great. Don't get it. I'm I mean, awesome. <laughs> I don't think that's the, I don't think that's 
up to the I mean maybe a very very rare player these days has that self-reflective side of him or her to really sit back and go hmm we didn't have a great season could I have done better could I have helped if I would have made a couple more plays, would we have one more? I mean, players are so young, they're not going to have they're, that idea. I mean, even at 30 years old, I struggle with that. Yeah, <laughs> so. for sure. So <laughs> I, I'm kind of sitting here as like the adults in the room, which are the coaches and the parents, are we always setting the best example there and asking those right questions of, you know, could you have been a better teammate to create a better culture and things like that? And, you know. Well, you know what, you know what it comes down to is the conversations that need to be had. Um, like I, I've always, I pointed this in the podcast in recent episodes and in previous episodes where I had that rough junior year in summer and mm-hmm. I absolutely yeah. hated life. Yeah. Like I hated, I hated baseball. Mm-hmm. I literally hated baseball and my mom and dad and I would have drag out conversations yeah. hour and a half, two hours in a hotel room and be up at, up at midnight. Mm-hmm. We didn't bring anybody else in those conversations. Right. It was just us three amigos just l- Amigas, because she was a female, obviously, but we were literally just sitting there and talking things through. And like, there was a lot of times where there was awkward silence Mm -hmm. and everyone's really thinking about what's the next thing that we should say. And if I didn't have that, and let's just say my dad said, you know what? Screw this team. We're going to go over here. They're not honoring our money. Um, This is an investment. Um, Why isn't he playing? And then my mom feeds onto that and just says, you know what? Spiker, you're you're the best player out there. I don't get why that coach doesn't play you. Um, It was more of Spiker, the coach is an idiot. We understand that. We've heard you say that, but he's not an idiot. Mm -hmm. There's something here that you need to learn. Well, I wonder this because I, I think I see this happening for sure more today with the players that are just allowed to quit and change situations over and over and over what precedence do you think you're teaching them do you think that's not going to translate over into their college choices maybe they'll end up at three or four different universities maybe when they get into the real world they're going to quit their first five six seven jobs and keep job hunting because that's the trend that you're setting that's the expectation and the problem, obviously, there's a problem with that, okay? But I think with the world we live in today, where everybody is so in need of solutions now, like you can get any piece of information now with this phone, with internet. I mean, just you can figure stuff out faster today than ever. So the attention span's really small. So if you're not getting your way or your fix right now, you can just opt into something else. But unfortunately, that sets the precedent of the next best thing. The next best thing. All the next situation is going to be better. It's going to fix all my problems. All the next situation is better. It's going to fix all my problems. And then, then you're stuck in that vicious cycle. The best part about today is that you have options. The worst part about today that you have is options. you have options. Yeah. Back in, that's why I think like the 20s and 30s, those people were just hardcore pterodactyls. Like you hear of the just work through it. Yeah, they. they um, what else? I, my choice. Yeah, like what are my choices? I can't. I can't just pick I up and go to California there. or go to Texas. Like, there's a lot of money that's involved with that and moving. Now it's the world is extremely small. I know anyone, everyone that's in the space in a matter of. If, if you come into the baseball space, if you're new into the baseball space, you could pretty much figure out the market in a matter of two months. Yeah. P- pretty pretty quickly. If you, if you ask the right questions, um, use the right resources to find those answers, 
um, you could figure out any market, whether that's New York all the way to Los Angeles, you could figure out the baseball space when you hop into that location. That's an issue, but it's also a solution. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it, perseverance is an underrated skill. And I think it's definitely a skill, just like many others that you you're going to learn in sport and take outside with you for the rest of your life. That's why we have a lot of, you know, that's why I love this podcast. When we do a lot of this talks because, uh, you know, Sal Fursella, who's we've talked about him in the past. One of the, he's the CEO of first form and he's a St. Louis guy. And he has mentioned a million times over and over that the things that he has learned in sport, in baseball have carried over to where and how he runs his business. And it's in the perseverance side the sticking through and asking those questions, that's a key component of it. I mean, could you? Uh, well, I, it's a skill that you can always develop. Like, I got really scared. I wouldn't say scared. I got really fearful when I was, I would say this is about two or three years ago. And I started realizing that I was cutting corners a little bit. And I was just like, why am I cutting corners? And I realized that perseverance is a skill that mm-hmm. you have to continually develop and listening to Fursella, And this is when he, I think he just started his 75 hard mm-hmm. and I kept on asking myself, like, why do I work out? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to test myself and see if I can actually do it. And I did it. And the interesting thing happened was I got back to the point where I was in athletics, where I ended up grinding it through. And I think that's why I still work out and I still do my nutrition Mm -hmm. and still try to stay disciplined because it's really teaching me this is how you should approach your work Mm -hmm. indirectly. And this is my my personal life. Indirectly, it's showing me this is what needs to happen. Like when you say, I don't want to open my email inbox. I don't want to attack that thing today. Mm -hmm. I don't want to attack TikTok today. I, I'm tired of making videos. I'm tired of um, trying to figure out how to get more followers or get more likes or try to start conversations. It's even this podcast. Like, you know how many times in the summer I've had this voice in my head? You got to do the podcast. Got to do the podcast. And I was like, but we don't have time. And then finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm taking the gear to um, Atlanta. I'm taking it on Indy. And we're I'm setting a deadline for me. We're going to record at least one episode in Indy and one episode in Atlanta. Well, simple. We did that. We made that choice today. Exactly. We didn't have this planned. We did not have this podcast planned. Not even a little bit. Not even I a little bit. I just came up with a question. You said, do you have time to do it today? And we did it. Yep. Perseverance is a skill that you have to continually work on. It's just not one of those things where you can just turn it on on a matter of a moment. And there's gonna be, And when you first learn it, there's going to be a lot of emotional like heartache, like just heartache and pain. <laughs> well, because it's a muscle. You're you're developing a muscle. It is and you're developing the understanding of what are the right questions to be asking. You know, failure is inevitable. It's going to happen. And breakdown is inevitable. It's going to happen and just like literally, I mean, especially in the sport, those things happen all the time. And at that moment, if and this is the coach side of me coming out, and a player came up to me and talked to me about switching situations, those are the questions I'd be having with him or asking him. I'd be talking to him about, well, let's, let's look at you first, okay? Are you doing all you can? 
could you be better in these certain aspects? Can you develop these certain things? Could you be a better teammate? Would any of those things, if not only you did it, but everyone on the team did it, would that make our team goals happen more? And just certain things that are going to be helping, like self-reflective type of conversations that you're going to have with yourself. And parents, I think that that's a big deal for you. I think that that's something, and this is, again, coming from a guy, no kid. You're going to have a kid soon. Mm -hmm. You're going to know this side better than I will. But can you sit down? And, and ask and talk to those, you know, have those tough conversations, those awkward conversations. And if the, at the end of the day, if you have all those conversations and you ask the right questions and you get the answers and it's not a good fit for you, by all means, at that point, let's go find a, a different set, uh, situation because there's a lot of choices. But I would go through that process first rather than setting the precedent that anytime something doesn't go our way, we'll just flip to a new one. That's my personal opinion. I think also to protect yourself from going after greener pastures, that um, that falsehood, which it could be, it could be true, and it could there it could be could be pastures. true, could be true. I don't know your situation, but I would set up some rules and parameters, um, which I live by, which was I have a starting point and I have an ending point. I can't do anything until that commitment is at its completion, whether whatever that is. So example, I used to be in Cub Scouts and I had the choice of going forward into Boy Scouts or not. Mm -hmm. Three years prior, I told my mom I want to quit. I was like, this is annoying. She's like, you're not quitting. I was like, why not? The completion is Cub Scouts, which you made the commitment. I think it's like five or six years. It's it's a yeah. it's a long time. Like it's a really long time. <laughs> and me just I did it because all my friends were doing it. And I remember the conversation. My mom said, if you do this, you have to complete Cub Scouts. And so I tried to take the out three years uh um, into, it. into it. And she goes, No, you gotta finish being a weeblow. Once you finish being a weeblow, you can quit. And so then when it came up, I graduated. And my mom's like, so do you want to do Boy Scouts? And I was like, hell no, I don't want to do Boy Scouts. <laughs> All right. That sucks. <laughs> it's just not for me. And then, but the funny thing is I got into a trap again. I chose to do an instrument in band when I was in grade school and it was in fifth grade. And my mom was like, All right, if you do this, you have to go all the way until high school. Once high school happens and you can make the decision again, because we're investing into your instrument, you have to stay with this all the way through. Same thing happened. Two years into it, I was like, saxophone sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and, and she goes, you don't learn your lessons. You don't learn your lessons. <laughs> so are you, you're going to stick with it. And once, once it happens at high school, you get to make your decision. High school happened. I go into it. And she's like, you want to do, you want to play the saxophone? I was like, no, let's sell that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think that you have those processes. And like, if, if it's baseball, I think it's, a good thing going from spring all the way to fall or fall all the way to the end of the summer. That's a good completion time and then make your decision off of that. Um, you could even do it with a high school program where you're like, you know what? Um, I, so it helps them when they get into the high school program. So if they come in their freshman year, they stick with one club all the way through rather than hopping around. Mm -hmm. So just make that distinction of what's my start point and what is my end point. And I can't make a move until I complete that. What that'll do is you'll have all these, I view it as like a, 
roller coaster chart where you're going to have these highs, you're going to have these lows, and you're going to have these plateaus. And if you say, I'm going to press the eject cord, you're not going to learn your lesson right. when you're on those lows or right. your plateaus. Those True. are the hardest part. That I don't think the lows are the hardest part. I think the plateaus mm-hmm. are the hardest part because you can go one way or the other. And if you don't learn that lesson, that's going to be a real struggle when you get to, like, here's an example. We are at a point in our business where I see that I need to start coding. Mm-hmm. I need to learn how to code. Whether I use that skill or not in the future, mm-hmm. at least I know what's capable and what's not capable. Mm-hmm. I have committed myself to learn the language of computers so that I have a better understanding of what we can do into the future. I'm not going to I'm not going to come off of that. Mm-hmm. Where if if I didn't learn that lesson when I was with the, with uh summer ball and in junior and when I was a junior, mm-hmm. I'm just going to press the eject cord and like screw this, this is just not for me. No, I've made the commitment to myself. I'm going to learn this whether I use it in the future or not. At least I understand it. So that that is the that is the beauty of per- perseverance and still trying to develop that skill. Love it. That's it. That's it, man. You got nothing. I mean, that you said it right. I mean, you learn a lot of the life lessons through that. You're with, during your plateaus, during the downfall, when you're supposed to learn those lessons, if you hit the exit button, you don't. You miss out on a lot of opportunities to learn some really valuable lessons that are going to be applicable later in life. You have no idea what skills are down in those plateaus. There's and, a lot. And, like <laughs> you learn. Everyone, more everyone wants to grab all the skills up top, but like you, you have no idea. There. Yeah, there's the the intangibles are down in those those valleys and those plateaus yep 100 percent, guys that's this episode of the closing pitch my name is spiker helms across me is david burkby please subscribe to our channel um youtube spotify also you can give reviews on spotify which is pretty neat um you can also watch us on spotify on apple Podcasts. please give us a review that helps us get in front of more people um if you would like to follow us on tiktok or instagram i am putting out those reels um are those little short clips um inside of those uh apps so if you want to find those little short nuggets uh please subscribe or follow um in those apps thanks guys for always listening thanks see ya